Welcome to the Lex City Church Podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit LexCity.Church. I love uh, getting to do what we do as a church and always watching God work as people step out in faith and do this uh, together is such an exciting thing uh, for me. You guys jumping into City Reach Saturday a couple weeks ago, uh, just... uh, uh, the number of people just filling it up and, and coming out. Thank you so much for that. Um, and seeing, watching Lexington receive this, you know, outpouring of love in their direction, such an amazing thing. Way to go, church. Keep it up. Uh, it's really cool to get to see it. And I think most of the time, great impacts for the kingdom of God come with a sacrificial step preceding it. I got this photo this week from Silvana, who you just uh, heard. Uh, she's gone from the country she's stationed in to Turkey as a nurse practitioner to help with the earthquake victims there. And it turns out she's serving in the exact same city where uh, David Barant, one of our elders of our church, has gone. He's a trauma surgeon uh, there that's just there for a short time. He's been there for a month. And they end up serving in the same city in Turkey because of their step of faith. I got this picture uh, on Thursday this past week. David will be back this week um, after being there for a month, but sacrificial on a hundred levels to see how God could use somebody to do that. But we believe as a church that people are in desperate need of a relationship with Jesus. And most of the time it takes sacrifice, either big or small, to show and tell people about his great love for them. And I'd love to get to do it with you. I'm Dave Griffith. I'm the ministries pastor here at Lex City Church, if I haven't gotten to meet you. And I'm so excited for these two weeks of Go Tell the World uh, to highlight the strategic partnerships that we feel like God has led us to here locally and around the world and how you can be a part of them. And I'm continually amazed what happens to a person when they just have an open yes to God, an uh, open-handed yes to just say, God, will you use my talent, my time, my gifts, my my finances, and we just got back from our uh, most recent trip to Cuba after uh, restrictions had been lifted for COVID for a long time. First time we got to go just a few weeks ago, um, we got back, and I was shocked again just to see how the open-hearted yes to God, how that impacted people's lives. Now, here's a picture of our team that uh, as we traveled down there. Before we got to Cuba, we went to Miami for a, um, a day and a half to do training, Uh, Before we head over, Cuba, as you know, is a communist nation, and not a whole lot of Americans get to travel there. We went under a special visa to be able to do that, to partner with the church down there. But in Miami, we met to uh, gather things, pack our bags. Uh, When we go, you can go so infrequently that we took everything we could, supplies and food and clothes and medicines and stuff for the the new training center we were going to be working on for the pastors and And uh, so we're packing all this stuff as well as getting training when you're going in through customs. uh, There's, you know, some things you want to say and some things you don't really want to say. So getting caught up on all of that. So anyway, as we're flying into Havana, Cuba, um, we land and we're going into this uh, airport, really small airport. We walk through the doors and you instantly are in the customs line. So we all line up and I get toward the back, uh, just making sure the team gets through. There's 12 of us going in. And then you, you know, go into the booth by yourself and that person asks you what's your reason for travel. You're having those conversations. So a little nerve wracking as you're doing that. Ask Gordon Denmark. He can tell you more. But uh, as you go through customs, get on the other side. Now you're in this big room 
where every plane that has landed is in one room and you're waiting for luggage to come out. Now, it's not the most efficient situation in the whole world, but uh, the reason we figured out is because they're scanning bags as they're coming in. So they literally come onto the conveyor one by one after it's been scanned and all that thing. So as we start looking for the bags, we recognize each each uh, bag tag, each ticket on it has, has something written on there with a different color, obviously meaning something. We have no idea what that is. We wait. This is an hour and a half process to get our bags. We finally get them all on carts, and we're uh, headed uh, to, to walk out through the gate. And as you're going, there's a, a security guard standing there. He's looking at the tags. Well, he recognizes, you know, different colors for different things. And uh, so I'm toward the back. Michaela was there with me, and all of a sudden, there, we have a different color on our bag, so we had to go over, have it scanned again, talk to someone else, and so they're scanning the bag, and um, Michaela was fine. She goes right through, and then I'm the last one. I just told them, yeah, I'll be the last one. Just go ahead. You guys go on through. So they put my bag, uh, the one we had packed in Miami, through this scanner, and they said, please come over here. So I was like, okay. So we go over to this table, and they took my personal luggage, sort through it all, you know, underwear's out everywhere, and you put it all back. And then they'd get to the next bag, and they're saying, there's a box we need to see in here. And I said, okay. We dig through it, pull this box out, and it's a Wi-Fi router that we had taken uh, for this new training center we were going to be working on. And uh, the lady opened it up. It's still in its original package, still sealed. And she looks up at me, and she says, oh, no, like that. And I was like, oh, no, what? And she goes, oh, this is fine in your country. In this country, no. <laughs> Just like that. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? So that began a long process of a variety of people coming over to figure out why this person had a Wi-Fi router and why he was here and all this sort of thing. And, and I don't speak any Spanish, like four words. And uh, so person after person came, and then they had more stripes on their shoulders as they came to the table and just had this conversation. Um, way more amenable than you can imagine. This was actually a fine conversation, but it was a two-and-a-half-hour process to decide whether I, and I, halfway through, I was like, I don't even want the thing. Just take it. Let me go. Because I'm picturing our team outside. And they've been waiting. Now it's 3.30 in the afternoon. We left in the early morning. No one has eaten. They're on, they're, uh, on my mind. In fact, Don Rebel snapped this picture when the security guard uh, opened the door one time. That's me sitting at the table with the, the remnants. They're still, still filling out the paperwork. So I'm just thinking about the team out there. I'm just going, everybody's hungry. Just Let's just wrap this up. So I'm worried that they're worried. I go through the door. Finally, they let me go. They took, kept the router. I wasn't able to take it. I go through the door and walk out, and I see the team over in the parking lot, and I go walking up to them, and I'm waiting for them to ask the obvious question, what happened? You know, that, what, what's going on? I walk up to them, and they turn to me and say, wait till you hear what happened. I'm like, what? What is going on? I look up, and... Uh, there's a guy over at the curb, like, you know, 30 yards away from them, knelt down at the curb. I'm going, what's going on? And they said, well, do you know Julio? And I said, yeah, I've met Julio when we were here before. And they said, Julio met us in the parking lot. He's one of our translators. We started talking to them while you were inside. And they, he asked us about the revival that was going on at Asbury. In communist Cuba, where they control the Internet, He's scrolling through his Facebook and gets to a, a post and says, can you tell me about this? I know you're from Kentucky. And, 
And uh, so Kathy said, he goes, Has any, have any of you been there? And Kathy, Denmark, and Gordon, uh, Judy Berlager, several of them said, yeah, we've been there. He goes, what, tell me what it's about. And they go, well, it's really just people in a pure way worshiping God and gathering together. That's, that's what it's all about. And, uh, and Kathy said, well, the, the time that I was there, there was a, a person that was leading, and they just said to the room as we're worshiping, hey, if there's anybody here that has a prayer need uh, in their life, um, just put your hand up and some people will come and pray with you. And they're describing the feeling of this setting and just how God was, you know, impacting people's lives. And all of a sudden, Julio puts his hand in the air while they're describing this story to them. And Kathy looks up at him and she was like, would you like for us to pray for you? And he goes, yes. And the team came around Julio and put their hands on it, began to pray for Julio. You don't know the, the, the struggle of life in Cuba and what it means to be a pastor there trying to plant a church. In these days, it's the most depressed uh, setting coming out of COVID that you can imagine. You can't buy anything. The, 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 the currency is, is really struggling. You just, life in Cuba is so hard. And here is Julio saying, could you pray for me? And as they do, Julio begins to cry almost to a sob where they're just praying for him. And that is the time when I come walking out because Julio said, I need just a moment by myself. And he went over and he knelt down just to spend some time with the Lord. I come walking up to this scene and their faces are alive just going, you won't, we've been there for two and a half hours and God is doing something amazing in somebody's life to just say, we're available to what you want to do, God. And as they're telling me this story, this passage comes to my mind, Matthew 5, 16. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Not so that people will think you're cool or think you've all got it together or that they feel good about themselves, but they would praise God in heaven and he will give them exactly what they need. So encouraging to be a part of that. And as we were there in Cuba, we took turns each day just uh, uh, leading our team in a devotional or a, a study for the morning. And one of those days, Kathy Denmark uh, took us to a passage in a scripture that I'm sure you're familiar with, or at least you've heard of. Um, but it's one that uh, I want to take you through this story today with the same frame of mind that a short-term team member in a foreign land out of their comfort zone would be in, okay? We're going to do that together. So turn in your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 2, or you can follow along with the message notes in, uh, go to lexcity.info. You can find the message notes there. You can follow along at that spot. And as you're turning there, let me just say, I think this is one of the coolest stories in the New Testament to hear what God has to say uh, to his people through his, his heart through and through, but also who Jesus is. We typically don't see him in, this, in his humanity uh, this way. So let's pick it up in John chapter 2, uh, verse 1. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there, and the disciples, Jesus and the disciples were invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> now, now, before we go any farther, 
I want you to stop for just a second and think about what just happened. Mary is going to this really special occasion. I assume it's a friend of the family or something like that for her to travel to be a part of this. And Jesus and his new friends, this disciple posse, get to come also. They're invited as well. And weddings at this time are different than our American 20 minutes and a dinner after. This was like uh, all day long or a multi-day celebration where there's uh, multiple parts, multiple toasts, ceremonial dancing, big ceremony. This is a big deal because most of their marriages at that time were arranged. So this has been thought about and planned for for a really long time. And Jesus is coming with his new friends. But remember, we're only in chapter 2 of John. His ministry is just getting going. And he, he shows up. He's here as a guest. He's not the pastor. He's not in charge. Mary is there as a guest. She's not in charge. Um, But Mary must have been close enough to the bride or the groom that she gets the inside scoop on what's happening, right? And I can just picture her calling Jesus into the kitchen and saying, Son, they have run out of wine, and this is going to go real bad. People are going to be embarrassed. This is a big day for whoever's getting married. Uh, You've got to do something. And Jesus, the Son of God himself, responds to his mom, It's not my problem. (laughs) But he knows what she's meaning on a deeper level and what she's truly asking because he does answer the unanswered question uh, that he says, it's not my time. And then Mary just seems to overrule the conversation and turns to the kitchen staff and says, do whatever he tells you. And then she walks out of the room. So it continues. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. And each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So uh, So the servants followed his instructions. Now the scripture tells us that there were huge stone water jars. They were empty at this point. I think we can assume that they was already uh, used up for washing the hands and feet of all the people coming to the ceremony. And Jesus asked them to fill them up again. Who knows how long that took or how far they had to go to get uh, the water, but they do as he asks. And then Jesus tells them to dip some out and take it to the man in charge of the ceremony and present it to him. Okay? Verse 9, when the master of ceremonies tasted the water, it was now wine. Not knowing where it had come from, of course, the servants knew. He called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everybody has had a little too much to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. Now, I'm not a wine drinker or a connoisseur by any stretch of the imagination, but I do know that aging matters, right? Like they bring out the bottle and they say this is the year. You can just imagine it coming to the master of ceremonies and he's like, this is amazing. I've never tasted anything like this. What year is this? And the servant just going... It's, it's new. It's today, in fact. That's the, that's the year. I mean, what do you even say to a person when, they, when they're describing that? This miraculous sign in Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and the disciples believed in him. Now, chances are you've heard this story before. You may not have known that it was his very first miracle that he did on earth, but I bet you, ha- you could believe that Jesus has the power to turn water into wine 
and to make a lame party great again, right? Uh, but have you ever stopped to think about the servants that were involved? The guy who actually dipped a cup out and took it to the master of ceremonies, I assume in front of everyone because the wedding is going on, I can only imagine what's going through his mind as he's walking with this cup of what was just water moments ago. I mean, what do you think is going through his mind? Like, am I really going to hand this to this guy? I'm in front of everyone. I am getting fired today. This is my last day of work because I'm getting ready to hand feet water to a person at a wedding. You talk about being in awe a little bit scared and a little bit shaking his head going, what was I just a part of? And I love that John the author points out that no one was the wiser to what had just happened, but of course the servants knew. Those guys got to participate in a miracle that was happening right before their very eyes and through a little bit of their own hard work and a little bit of trusting and a whole lot of Jesus it declares that people believed in him through that. Is God the one who does miracles? Absolutely. Does he use people in the middle of them? All the time. And most of the time, I think it just boils down to Mary's famous quote, just do what he tells you. <laughs> and when you do, people see him for who he truly is, and they believe in him. So amazing. Lex City Church, I wish I could tell you all the opportunities as one of your pastors that I get to see in Lexington and around the world. We really do feel like God has led us to these seven strategic partnerships in some unbelievable places where the gospel is being preached for the first time and people are coming to faith in Christ where they've never heard his name before. I want to tell you about short-term trips that we have going to Uganda, Africa this summer to help build a new building for a growing church and conduct some sports camps that will draw kids to a brand new school that's being built. And you guys actually filled it up before we got time to even announce it, just stepping forward to be a part of that. There's a youth mission trip this summer to Wisconsin. There's a vocational training uh, trip in, to India in the fall. Pastor Brian uh, last week mentioned the Guatemala trip next summer uh, through Compassion International that's coming up to go visit our sponsored kids, and you can check all of that out on the outreach page on, on the website to get more info about that. But, but that's only scratching the surface. I could tell you about big God-sized prayers that, and financial struggles that come with it with uh, our overseas partners that are, two of them are building vocational training centers in their area, growing mission fields in the north of India, in uh, Bhutan and Nepal that need funding, kids that need sponsoring in Guatemala. And we just helped, you heard about with the uh, pastoral training center in Cuba that I think there's so many people asking for training and wanting to come that I think it's going to fill up. We'll have to expand that thing very soon. And we have our own financial struggles as a church this year that when we come out of this year, it will be a only God could have done that that we'll get to be a part of. And I feel like he's giving us the opportunity to be some of those servants stepping out with the faith that we have right now to say, God, if you're doing something big, I, don't, I want you to just tell me what to do, and I'll be part of it. This is the year 
to be involved with what's going on locally here in Lexington through City Reach and internationally with Lake City Missions. And just like the video showed you earlier, it really does take givers and senders and prayers and goers to take the love of Christ to the places that he's called us to and accomplish the things that he wants to do in those areas through us. We mentioned last week, uh, we feel extremely fortunate and positioned with our partnership with local schools and specifically Lansdowne Elementary uh, with the back to school event that's coming up in July. City Reach Sunday, we call it, uh, to give backpacks and just a celebration for kids under-resourced to go back to school. And we're trying to raise $15,000 in these two weeks of Go Tell the World to help make that happen. And we can't wait to see the families, not only they just get impacted through that, but get connected to our church and to a bigger uh, idea through this outpouring of love. And I kind of think of it this way. God has given us time and talents and finances to bless us but also to be a blessing to others. And when he gets involved, ordinary water becomes wine and ordinary people get to be part of miracles. So take, take this uh, dollar, for example. I was thinking about this this week. So this, uh, this is the U.S. dollar, obviously. It's got George on there. Uh, this one says uh, that it was printed in, the, in uh, Washington, D.C., and it was... Uh, the Federal Reserve of Cleveland, Ohio was the one that ordered it, and this was issued in 2017. Think of the life of this dollar over the last seven years. Think of all the going on seven years. Think of all the places that this would have been. In and out of vending machines, Girl Scout cookies, <laughs> uh, Think of all the spots. I'm sure it's made its way through gas stations and restaurants, for sure. There's so many of those. This actually may have been a part of someone, the greatest purchase they ever made, like Super Bowl tickets or something, you know? Uh, this could have been on the other side, maybe on the darker side. It may have bought and sold drugs or been in a crime ring. Who knows what they did with this dollar? Think of the life that this dollar has had. And now it's in my hand, and I get to be the one to say, this is how it's going to be spent. It's like God entrusting to me for just a short amount of time to say, well, how are you going to use it, Dave? And the dollars in your wallet and in your purse and in my bank account and in yours, I feel like God has given us a picture of his insight to what when you think of it that way it really does you begin to understand that it's just valuable for a short amount of time there's going to be a day in all scheme of eternity where its value goes away and yet God says uh, I'm going to give this to you for this time how are you going to use it it's only there for a short amount of time do you want to be a part of miracles happening in the lives of the people that I love do you want to give some time that I've given to you to make an impact in a life. The prayers you pray. What if some of them change the heart of God in such a way that in a place, a partnership that we're connected with, things begin to move and people begin to be drawn closer to him because of what you have sacrificed. I want to challenge you as we close. I think some of you may believe that God can save anyone because he saved you, right? 
But I think some may have yet to believe that God can use anyone because you're just a blank. What's the bl what is the blank filler for you? I'm just a recovering alcoholic. I'm, ju I'm just a dude with a record. I'm just a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad or I'm just a college student or a retired person. Whatever that limiting thing is. I have way too many kids. I, I just, I have all these problems or I have all these kids with all these problems. What is it that you fill in the blank with in your mind that just says, this, this might be just way too risky. I'll just be a little safer and what I want to say today, what if God wants to do a miracle and he wants you to be a part of it and get the blessing in your own life? Just dipping a little bit of water and carrying out what he's called you to. So I want to close with giving you some space to just pray. And would you bow your heads with me? We're going to just let the Lord speak to us today and ask him to prompt us. Lord, what do you have on your mind that you wanna put on ours? And maybe it's through giving or sending or praying or going. Maybe you're like Julio today and you just want God to speak to you in a way where you just go, I, Lord, I'm gonna raise my hand. In fact, I just wanna ask you right now, if you have something you would just like prayer for, just raise your hand or if you just want God to speak to you and say, Lord, use me in a new way. Just put your hand up. We just want to pray for you and with you. Keep, keep them going. God's got something he wants to speak to you. I encourage you to step out in faith as we pray these prayers and let God do what he wants to in your life. Lord Jesus, thank you that you see us. You're not a God who's distant and a God who doesn't care. Not only do you care, Lord, you made a way. You gave everything you had so that we could come into relationship with you. And then you call us just to be a part of your family business. And Lord, we go on record today to say thank you and to say, Lord, use us in new ways, wherever you're prompting our heart, Lord, would this year, would we take a step of courage to just go, okay, God, I'm going to just do what you say. And I ask you to use me in a brand new way. Lord Jesus, bless my friends, bless our church. And as we step forward, would you bring people to know you in Jesus' powerful name? Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church/give. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.